Welcome to How Leaders Lead. I'm Kula Callahan here to bring you another edition of Three More Questions with David Novak. David, it's great to have you back on our show. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, and I'm really looking forward to talking uh, about the discussion we had with Justin Thomas, who's clearly one of the best golfers in the world and just happens to be a, a Louisville native, which uh, it was. it's great to see somebody in your own hometown doing so well. Well, he's also a University of Alabama alumni, and you know how I feel about my Crimson Tide, so I also feel some level of honor towards Justin Thomas outside of him just being one of the best golfers in the world, so I'm excited to dive into our conversation today. Justin is an amazing golfer, obviously, but he does such a great job of managing his mindset, and if you're somebody who can get hot-headed at times, definitely listen to this episode because it'll give you some great insight into how to manage that mindset to optimize your success. So uh, I'm excited to dive into these questions, David. Are you ready for it? Absolutely. All right. Question number one, David, in the episode with Justin Thomas, you boldly asked him to recall the time that he topped the golf ball off the 18th tee at the 150th Open Championship at St. Andrews. And begrudgingly, he shared that story. So I got to know, David, have you ever topped the golf ball off of the tee at somewhere as iconic as St. Andrews? How many times can you count the ways? No, I, you know, I don't. I, I don't think so. I, I didn't top one at St Andrews, but I have topped it at many other great courses in the world. But I'm happy to say it doesn't happen very often now, and it's a very rare thing in my golf game. But when it does happen, it does not feel good. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm just kidding. That's not the real first question of today's series. I just wanted you to answer honestly for all the people listening who want to know more about your golf game. Here's the real question. Number one, Justin has become very skilled at bouncing back after he hits a bad shot on the golf course. And of course, in golf, it's different than say being in a boardroom, but this is a key skill that every leader needs to have. What advice can you give leaders about how to bounce back from failure? And can you give us an example of a time you've had to do that? I have failed a lot and hopefully I have bounced back. But I, I would say, you know, there in marketing, there are many times when you'll have a new product and new product successes are really hard to come by. So a lot of ideas that you get excited about just don't work when you put them into test market. But when that happens, you don't look at it as a failure. You say, okay, what can we learn about the next product that's coming along that you know will help us have a greater odds of success? So I use the, the learnings that come along the way from failing to work with my team to come up with more winning propositions in the end. But I think the best way to bounce back from failure is remember about how many times you've won. And you know, think about the, the times you've won and, and had great success. You know, a good example of this, you know, one of the greatest uh, performance coaches in, in the world, Jason Goldsmith, says that everybody, every golfer should have a highlight reel. So in other words, you know, what was the best drive you ever hit? Write it down. What was the best three wood, the best five wood, the best seven wood, the best three iron, four iron, five iron, six iron, seven iron? Go through your whole bag and write down the best shot that you ever hit with that club when and where and log it. And then when you come up with a better shot than any that you've written down, replace that shot with the new shot. 
But he says you should do this because it should remind you of all the times that you've won. And if you hit that bad shot with that five iron, think about the best five iron you ever hit and get that mindset because that mindset is going to be the one that's going to help you go forward and, 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 and win. It's so true that all of it comes back to your mindset. And I love that advice about creating your personal highlight girl, because you can also do that in business. You can think about wins that you've had and moments where your team has felt really aligned as you've achieved a goal. And you can bring those things to mind as you hit maybe some roadblocks along the way. All right. Question number two. Justin believes in the power of best practice visits, that is, seeing how other great athletes manage themselves and incorporating their insights into his routine. How should leaders apply this principle to better their leadership and their businesses? That is one of the things I really admire about Justin is that, you know, he seeks out knowledge from people who've been there and, and done that and had great success. You know, he's obviously very close to Tiger Woods, and he talks about that in our in our conversation. But, you know, I remember talking to Jack Nicholas, who told me about this young kid from Louisville uh, who came to see him at his house and asked him what it was like to play at the Masters and how he should get prepared to play at the Masters. And that young kid was Justin Thomas. And, you know, Justin knows that the best way to really learn more is, is go to the people who know more than you about something that's really important to you. And, you know, that's what Justin is doing. You know, I've done the same thing throughout my career. Um, I go to people who I know I can learn from, and I try to build my know-how. One of the things I'm doing right now is, is, is writing country music. So, you know, I'm trying to hit up everybody and anybody I know that knows how to write music and, and has had some success with it. I had uh, the great opportunity to uh, play golf with Eric Church you know, the, the great country singer and songwriter. And uh, now whenever I write a song, I send it to Eric and get a yay or a nay. And, you know, his, his advice means a lot to me. I know I'm really treading some dangerous territory trying to get him to be my coach in this area. But so far, he's been ready and willing, and, and I'm going to learn everything I can from him. But I've been doing that throughout my career uh, by visiting other companies that were doing fantastic jobs, visiting CEOs who knew things that I wanted to learn more about. And I'll tell you what, you not only learn more, it, it allows you to accelerate your business because you learn from what they've done well and what they haven't done well. And by learning both the upsides and the downsides that they've had along the way, you're able to take advantage of their wins and you know also uh, not make the mistakes that, that they might have made because they, they share these things with you so openly. And I find that people are very uh, open to, to sharing if you ask them. Absolutely. It's funny, you know, when you think about going to someone who knows more in a particular subject area than you do, it requires a certain level of humility as well. And we talk about this a lot on the show and in your episodes you do with our guests. Being a great leader takes an uncanny combination of confidence and humility. So I'm kind of guilty of this at times. I can be sometimes too insular, and I don't seek out knowledge and know-how from people who have more expertise in a particular subject matter than I do. But I've learned that I always end up growing and building my know-how when I do seek out those people. But you kind of got to get to a point where you say, hey, I don't know how to do this as well as someone else. Let me go learn from that person and seek up everything I can. Absolutely. You know, and, and that's, you know, humility has a lot of great uh, characteristics and traits that go with it. 
But it basically says, you know, I need you and you know something more than I do and please share it with me. And I'll tell you what, that's powerful when you take advantage of it. All right, number three. I love in the episode when you ask Justin how to ensure you're getting the truth from the people in your circle. You know, as someone in a position of leadership, I can see why people might not tell you the truth all the time, but instead just tell you what you want to hear. And that's not always helpful. Justin had great advice about how to make sure you're surrounded by truth tellers. And David, I'm curious, what can leaders in the business realm do to create a space where the people in their circle can come to them with the truth about a situation? Well, the first thing you, you need to do is let everybody know that you value that and you want to hear the truth and ask them to, to you know, give you the unvarnished truth in every situation and be as totally transparent with you as they can possibly be. And then when somebody shares the truth with you and, and helps you see the light and see something that maybe you didn't see before they shared it, you shout it from the rooftops and you let everybody in the world know what that person did, how much you appreciate it, and that's what you really value in the people that work alongside you. And when you recognize people for doing something that you think is uh, really noteworthy and something that's really important to you, guess what happens? You know, the people around you will, will start doing it as well. Because when you recognize uh, traits that you want, people give you more of them. As I look back on my career, there's been nothing more infuriating than working in an environment where people don't tell the truth about situations, but rather only what the person in charge wants to hear. And it really does almost silently poison a work culture when people are just assuming that they can't tell the truth about a situation. And so I love, David, what you said about when someone does tell the truth, especially if it's not what you want to hear, shout it from the rooftops and publicly recognize that that person shared something that was inherently valuable and also probably hard to receive. You know, the other thing cool is, you know, as a leader, you just got to use your gut. When you know people are blowing smoke up your you-know-what, don't let them get away with it. Just absolutely, you know, just, hey, say, that that's crazy. Come on. I, you know, let's let's end that stuff around here. And, uh, you know, I think that that's very powerful as well. It is, you know, especially as we all try to create work cultures where the truth is told and where everyone knows that they really matter. Well, that wraps our episode of three more questions for today. Thanks again for tuning in to How Leaders Lead. We're on a mission to make the world a better place by developing better leaders. And if you carve out a little time with us each and every week, we'll help you build the confidence you need to lead well. And next week, we have a really special treat with you on Thursday. So tune in for my conversation with Nat Turner, the CEO of Collectors. Collectors.